Welcome to We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, engineers, and anybody who is interested in robotics. Hosted by the Unlimited Robotics Team. And we're on. Hello, guys. Hello, ladies. Thank you very much for joining us for additional episode of We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, makers, and anyone who's interested in robotics and AI. Today, we have a very interesting guest, Mr. Peter Lee. Hi, Peter. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, for those of you who do not know Peter, we've been doing some research and we want to introduce him briefly. So Peter is a founding man managing partner at Embark Ventures, a seed stage venture capital fund based in Los Angeles, focused on deep tech companies in industries such as robotics and advanced manufacturing. Prior to entering the venture capital field, he was a VP product at a venture-backed startup in the dig digital media space. And Peter is a manager with McKinsey and also worked as a product manager for Microsoft. He earned his BS and MS at MIT with focus on robotics and product development and an MBA from Harvard Business School. An impressive man indeed. So Peter, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks uh, for having me. Since we're pretty much sure that most of the audience will have a lot of interest in what you have to say and the field that you work, I would be happy to first understand what is VC and what it is looking when it first consider investing in a startup and specifically in a startup focused on robotics? Great. Yeah. So, you know, when entrepreneurs have a vision of, you know, changing the world through applying technology to some problem, um, it takes money. You know, oftentimes there's hardware, especially on robotics. You have to buy computers and hardware and robot arms and equipment. Um, as well as people. And so uh, venture capital finds a use case where um, hopefully we can provide not just capital, but also experience and advice having either worked in an industry or invested in similar companies um, in similar spaces. And so, you know, in terms of early stage companies in robotics, um, you know, I think because it's such a technical area, um, they're very, there's different stages of technology readiness for when it can actually be commercially viable. There's a lot of stuff happening in academia, which is awesome, but trying to find that use case where someone will pay for it and that the technology is far enough along that it can actually do it 99.9% .9 of the time without you know, human innovation um, or, or involvement. And, and so we're trying to find those areas where the, the technology capability you know, matches the need and it's you know, sort of, advanced enough where, you know, there's greater surety that, you know, this company can succeed on its own. Okay, thank you. And when considering investing in a company, specifically in a robotic field, what would be the prime factors for your considering, I mean, in the decision, if you want to invest in the company, or would you like to wait a bit before investing? Yeah, so I think um, for early stage, even though we are heavy tech investors, the number one we think, thing we look for is what is the market you're going after and are you truly solving a pain point that people are willing to pay for? Um, and it's, you know, whether it's better, faster, cheaper, whatever the value prop is, something has to be greater. And then we try to find a technology and a team that has expertise to actually deliver that. 
And so there are certain areas, for example, I'll just use the example of like, um, you know, humanoid robots, you know, that might be a companion. Um, amazing technology happening, but at this point, are we really ready to have a humanoid that can navigate the home, that can do multiple tasks for you? I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, so you have to make sure that technology is ready enough that you say, okay, I'm gonna limit my use cases. So maybe in certain environments is okay, and for certain activities, it's okay, but we're not gonna have them bathe you as well as cook for you, as well as take out the trash, you know? So, but if, if you can limit your focus area, then I think the technology can actually deliver upon it. And then you find the team that has expertise, not just in the technology, but really bring a product to market. Um, and those are some of the facets that we look at. So as, as if I understand correctly, you should focus on the focus itself and whether I'm solving some kind of a problem. But let's assume I'm a robot developer, I'm a maker, and I have a really interesting idea. I think I can solve an it painful matter that I experienced or my friends experienced as well. Would that mean that I'm eligible enough to apply for an early stage investment? Uh, or should I wait, should I bring something to the table before I apply to Embark or any other VC? Yeah, I mean, I think um, stage-wise, it's totally fine to approach a, a VC. I just think you need to have spent enough time looking at your target customer audience to really know if the market is big enough. And so you're finding this really niche activity that, you know, maybe there's a, a small number of people in the world who actually pay for it, it might be harder. <clears throat> but if you can find an activity that is broadly used, where maybe there's a high willingness to pay a strong pain point, and the belief is if you can deliver your, your product or service, then there could be mass adoption that can create, you know, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars of revenue. Um, those get interesting. And then making sure that you can map the technology to say, hey, is the technology really ready enough? Um, even if you haven't built it yet, you know, because a lot of times it just takes a lot of money, but are there enough examples either in your own background and experience having built similar things or in other companies that, you know, you say, if I piece together, you know, these three components that have all been proven out, then putting that together, I can see how it can, you know, you know fulfill this, this need um, and actually, you know, deliver it, you know, with, with a cost that's reasonable um, and the timeline that's reasonable. Thank you for the answer. So let's talk about trends in robotics and then we'll go maybe to trends in AI and machine learning. If we are going to the robotics industry, what we can obviously see nowadays is a major focus on industry, on automotive, the, I mean, machines that have wheels inside of them and they can transfer one thing from, from one place to the other, whether it's a warehouse or a, a, a car and whatever. But what do you see would be future trends in terms of near future and maybe a little bit of far future in the robotics? Would you see some kind of a migration from the industrial uh, focus into some kind of a home environment, maybe other places in which robotics will take place? Yeah, yeah, de definitely. I think that the early start in industrial um, made sense because oftentimes the use cases are very focused and also you have maybe uh, more constrained environments. So, you know, when you're in an environment where there's, you know, potential for, you know, safety hazards and, and it's unknown, it's much more difficult. And so 
that's why you've seen um, robots, you know, for many years being adopted in, in auto factories because there's not random kids running around the you know factory floor or weather is indoors, and so you can achieve that. And then now we're seeing a lot more use cases of robotics being applied to different industrial environments, but a little bit more crazy. So maybe a construction site or in a warehouse or, or obviously autonomous driving, you know, uh, public streets is still getting there, but a lot of times sort of private campuses and things like that, they're seeing, you know, maybe faster, easier adoption just because, um, you know, the, the, the need to hit all the edge cases and risks are, are a little bit lower. As we progress, robots will definitely stay in industrial, but I, I think it will just continue to grow into consumer, you know, areas. So obviously, you know, the, the, the Roomba, that's the best example, I think, of, of a robot that has really penetrated the consumer world. And it, it hit upon the perfect areas because it was laser focused. We do cleaning of floors. And then it's a small robot that moves slowly. And so the, the danger factor really isn't there. If it bumps into you, you know, no one's going to get hurt. And so I think that was a great use case to bring robotics into the home. And people don't even think about them as robots. So it's just my vacuum cleaner. But there's actually a lot of advanced technology. And so over time, you're going to see this convergence of take the Roomba, you know, version and then the industrial capabilities. And now are there other things in the home that you can do that, again, I feel need to be fairly um, tight in terms of the constraints of what the capabilities are, um, just to make sure you can hit the 99.9% .9 of like, it, it can do this task, um, you know, repeatedly with very high quality consistency. Um, but then start advancing the use cases beyond what a Roomba could do. And so I, I think we will see those things happen because right now, you know, with, with autonomous vehicles, you know, LIDAR and, and computer vision, all these sensors are getting better and better. And all that technology can then now be used in the home in other use cases because they're leveraging all the R&D that these pre previous companies have done. Thank you. One of the discussions we had in former episode was with Dr. Gonzalo Ferrer, and we had a really uh, interesting discussion about the cost effectiveness of lighters and precision, and the fact that some startup companies who obviously have limited budgets to develop their product or their prototype will use technology that from one hand will be cost effective, but from other hand will make sure that the, the results of a low price uh, LIDAR, for example, will be sufficient enough to provide uh, to provide uh, a, a decent result. So that's right. an interesting discussion referring to what you just said. Um, right. Peter, Embark VC, tells us, tell us a little bit about this VC. Maybe you can share with us your latest investment, which you can obviously share to the public, not something private, um, right. but we're happy to hear about your activity. Yeah. So um, we're a seed stage fund um, based in Los Angeles, though we invest nationally. Um, we, out of, I think, 20 companies that in our, on our portfolio, 18 of them were pre-product, pre-revenue, pre-customer. So we are very willing to go early. Um, and we want to see, you know, on one hand, a very proven market. And then on the other hand, um, enough technology advancement, maybe in terms of prototypes, um, maybe in terms of demo that we feel very comfortable that you can deliver upon the solution. And then our goal hopefully is to, on our round of financing, get you to first customer, first revenue. And so, you know, we do a lot, you know, for myself in robotics, automation, advanced manufacturing, 
Um, my partner, he's doing a bit more on the sciences side. So a lot of material science, uh, synthetic biology, computational platforms, things like that. But um, our focus is what we call deep tech. So things that have a bit more defensibility and, and you know, proprietary technology um, uh, that, that back it up. Um, so that's, that's been the focus. Um, in terms of recent investments, um, I made an investment in a company doing uh, autonomous electrified rail uh, platform. Uh, we have a uh, heavy lift cargo drone company we did recently. Um, I have one uh, doing uh, advanced manufacturing using robotics to do sheet metal forming. So you can almost think about it like a 3D printer for sheet metal, um, wow. but it uses robots to actually do the sheet metal forming um, and also many other processes. Um, and then we have one that's uh, applying robotics to the construction industry, doing something called automated layout. So this is where you have the a blueprint of a plan. And instead of right now, they're using tape measure and chalk snap lines to draw it on the concrete. Now you load up the CAD file into the, the robot and it's like a, a bigger Roomba and it will automatically draw out the layout on, on the floor. So, so you don't have to do it manually. So those are some examples of some of the companies that we've invested in recently. Wow, very, very interesting. Um, so last question for today, because you, we know your time is is, is very priceless. Uh, what would be a great tip for entrepreneurs entering into the world, not necessarily looking for investment, but what would be your first tip for entrepreneurs that wants to achieve something in life? Yeah. So I guess very practically speaking, maybe as you get closer to starting a company, um, I would say if you're a technologist and you have, you know, maybe for example, we'll use robotics, strong robotics background, um, and you want to figure out how to apply your knowledge to a space, I would highly recommend you looking for whether it's a co-founder or some kind of business partner or advisor who has deep experience within the industry that you're going after. Because the knowledge that that person will bring on what you need to build and what the pain points are and how to navigate um, will, will make your life a lot easier when you get to product development. And so, for example, in one of the construction uh, companies I invested in, the, the CEO came from the construction world and the, the CTO came from NASA building you know, autonomous robots. And so the, the combination, you have the industry knowledge of how to, you know, what the problem is and how to sell into it. And then you have the technical knowledge of how to build it. And so I oftentimes look for teams that have, you know, both um, knowledge of industry as well as technology. Um, if you go earlier in that and you're like, well, I'm not ready yet to have an idea for a company, but I, I'm just on my path. You know, one, you know, I definitely recommend if you're not quite sure um, if you're ready to start your own company, join an early stage company um, and, and, you know, learn what these companies do. You know, you know, in order to get to product, how to raise financing, uh, get to market, and then based on that experience, you know, you'll have, you'll be much more knowledgeable, uh, you know, about what you need to do in your journey. So those are some quick tips. Peter Lee and Bark Visi, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an honor meeting you again. Fair disclosure, Peter and I know from uh, from the past we've been applying. Unlimited Robotics, we've been applying for, <laughs> for his investment. Um, but thank you very much for investing your time in us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I'm sure that most of the people who've been listening to this 
will have very, very good insight for their future as entrepreneurs and makers. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.